So we're going to be turning to Galatians chapter 4. That should be on page 566 in your Bible. We're going to be covering verses 8 through 18. So as you guys turn to that, I'm going to catch you up real quick on where we're at. So here we find Paul. He's this great leader, preacher, church planner extraordinaire. He's planning a church in Galatia. See, everything is going really well. The people are really on fire for Jesus. They're accepting Christ. And then the Judaizers come in. Now, the Judaizers are from the Jewish religion. Now, the Judaizers, for the young folks or the young at heart, are the they that DJ Khaled always refers to. So, the Judaizers were coming in, and their belief system was that, was that um, they had to follow all these rules and regulations and everything just to build a closer relationship with God. Now, these rules and regulations that they were following were given to them before God sent Jesus to die on the cross to save us. So as a result of Jesus sending, uh, God sending Jesus down to save us, those rules and regulations were made impotent. So they were encouraging the Galatians to be a better Christian, and they wanted to be a better Christian because they were just starting their journey. You need to follow this rule and that rule and this rule, basically saying that Jesus plus a little bit extra work gives you eternal life. But we really know Jesus plus nothing equals everything. All right. So we're going to dive in to verse number 8. It says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. See, Paul is telling the Galatians that they were enslaved to things. And that's something that we face today. Just a couple weeks ago, Christine was up here and she had said that she had a battle with cravings and that food was controlling her life. But... Yes, chicken specifically. Now, those cravings, she said, can be a good thing if they're a God thing. Last week, Pastor Muta was up here, and he had talked about how he had craved the party scene, and he was always seeking to fill a void in his heart by partying. And he quickly found that to not fill that void, and was always in search for something more. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you have the Judaizers. They were constantly seeking, following Christ by following these rules and regulations and seeking after those things to gain approval. And those things would not, those things, uh, fill, those things would not fill that void for them. So there are endless things that we could look to to fill that void. A lot of times we look to work, sex, drugs, money. But the, at the end of the day, None of those things will fill that void in our heart. Now, in Romans 1.25, Paul talks about this kind of worship. He says, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. See, I read this awesome quote this week. It summed this up all very well. It said, one of the tragedies of legalism is that it comes It gives the appearance of spiritual maturity when in reality it leads the believer back to a second childhood of Christian experience. Now check out verse 9. I really want you guys to soak this in because verse 9, this covers everything. 
But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to become once more? That's the message right there. I don't have to say anything else. Before you didn't know God, now you know God. Why would you want to go back to all that craziness? But today we continue to worship and serve created things rather than the creator. Think about it this way. How many of you love, and with Memorial Day you'll probably be grilling out, how many of you love a thick, juicy steak? I know I do. Yes. Now, if you had this, after having this experience of having a thick, juicy steak from a nice steakhouse, why would you want to go back to a Salisbury steak from a TV dinner? That's basically what they were facing here. So when Paul says you did not know God, he isn't talking about a theoretical knowledge. He's talking about a, a relationship built through experience, walking with Christ. Now, some of you may be wondering why the text alludes to God not knowing us. If man is going to know God, he can only know God through God's revelation. Our knowledge of God is a result of him knowing us. No one become, can become a Christian from the neck up. God is pleased to save those who believe in him. And that all comes back to the experience of a personal relationship. So we're going to go into point number one. So get your teaching sheets out. If you need a pen, the house crew's on the side and they can give you one. Point number one. Experience matters because knowing him means he knows us. So the Bible shows us the contrast between the joy of knowing Christ and the, the fate of him not knowing us. In Psalm 139.1, it says, Oh Lord, you have searched for me and know me. God knows our hearts and he's happy to provide for us if we believe above our expectation. But on the other end, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, it says, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Yo, I don't know about you, but that's the last thing I want to hear. I never knew you. So going back to my college experience, this made me think of this time I was, like I said, when I played baseball, we had this team room. It was completely shut off from the rest of the campus, it, like, pretty much athletes only, very exclusive. So I'm walking back from getting my lunch, lunch in hand, walking towards the team room, and this girl stops me. This cute little girl sitting on uh, this, uh, this bench in, by the library. She goes, hey, do you play basketball? <laughs> so I'm annoyed automatically, so I'm just kind of like, no, I play baseball. Wearing a baseball shirt, point to my baseball shirt. She said, oh, okay. Well, what's your name? I'm Lewis. I said, oh, okay. Lewis and Connie. That sounds good together. <laughs> what? A disclaimer. I don't remember if her name was exactly Connie, but we're rolling with it. Yeah. See, Constance was crazy. Now... I'm, I kind of just blow her off because I'm sitting there thinking, 
I don't got time for this. I need to eat my lunch. I only got a few minutes. She's crazy. I kind of like crazy girls, but I'm going to keep it pushing. <laughs> so I get to the team room. I'm telling, my, I'm telling my boys this story, this bizarre story. I'm like, hey, yo, I, this crazy girl, blah, blah, blah. And they're not believing me. I don't know why they wouldn't believe me. I seem like an upstanding, nice, honest person. But they don't believe this story. They're like, oh, you're full of it. You're full of it. So after we eat lunch, we all head back to our classes. So we're walking the same direction. So me and my boys are following me. I'm like, yo, 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 yo. That's her. That's her. Watch this, watch this. So I get my little swag walk on, right? Thumb my nose a little bit. Get up to her. I'm like, hey, yo, what's up? So uh, I was thinking we have this party going on. She's like, I don't know you. And I'm sitting there like, I'm in like panic because not only do I have my boys rolling around on the floor laughing at me, but it caused such a commotion that everybody around me just stopped and stared. Imagine that times infinity. I never knew you. See, those are words I don't want to hear from the Lord. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3, it says, The man who loves God is known by God. Verse number 10, it says, You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Now I just sit there and I envision Paul just, just standing there in disgust, just mugging everybody, observing these days, months, and years. Mm-mm-mm. You are something else. You know that? You are something else. And the false teacher among the Galatians demanded observance of these days, months, and seasons and legalistic matters and acted as if that was going to better their relationship with Christ. But all that was doing was bringing them further into bondage. See, Paul's fear was that this attraction to legalism would mean that the, his work among the Galatians would all be in vain. I know you guys have all experienced that. I've experienced that. You tell your family members or friends. You give them advice. They're like, hey, can, can you help me out? You give them advice. And what do they do? They don't listen. They do the opposite of that. See, I tell my friends personally, I tell them, the sooner you listen to Lou, the better your life will be. And they, some of them are starting to catch on, but I don't, I don't know. We're working on them. Pray for them. So at the end of this section... Paul puts a choice before the Galatians and before us. So we can either live free in Jesus and accept the blessing of him coming down to save us from our sins. Or we can continue to pursue this perfection by following all the rules and regulations that were set beforehand. See, Paul Paul had experience with this. He he had been a proud, self-righteous Pharisee, and he was trusting his own righteousness to save him, but that was before he came to Christ. He abandoned all efforts to save himself and trusted wholly into God's grace. Paul was free in Jesus, and he wanted them to know the same freedom. See, the Galatians started off with the right understanding of the gospel, but then they started letting these people get into their ears And then they started following all these legalistic patterns. And that led them back into that second slavery that Pastor Musa talked about last week. See, I read this quote from this author, John Stott. 
He says, can you say to others, become like me? If you can't, then why not? If Christianity is true, shouldn't it be true in my life and your life? All Christians should be able to say something like this, especially to unbelievers. Namely, that we are satisfied with Jesus Christ, with his freedom, joy, and salvation, and that we want other people to become like us. See, Paul knew the Galatians should imitate his consistency and liberty. Point number two, experience matters because you can't lead someone where you haven't been. See, I picture Paul. I picture Paul just, guys, I get it. I get it. I've been where you are. I, too, pursue these legalistic things just so I can build my relationship with God. But I'm telling you, you don't need that. You need the experience through a personal relationship with Jesus. Experience matters. See, we can feel Paul's heartfelt emotion in this verse. In verses 13 through 16, Paul's appealing to them. Remember how you used to respond to me? He says, verse 13, you know, it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And, through, and though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? See, the significance of Paul mentioning his bodily ailment was that physical infirmity back then was believed by the, both the Judaizers and the Gentiles alike that it was a, a heavenly uh, disfigurement handed to you by God as punishment. See, despite all that, they embraced Paul so generously that he said that they would have gouged out their own eyes for them. I can't even get my friends to bring me a can of soup when I'm sick. They embraced him and responded to his message of God's grace and love. But now that he's telling them about themselves, were they going to turn on him? Experience matters. Point number three, experience matters because it helps discern what is true. They needed the truth more than they needed to feel good about themselves. And Paul was telling them. In verses 17 and 18, Paul is appealing to them, beware of the affection that these legalists show you. 17 says, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I am present with you. The Judaizers were coming to the Galatians like a wolf in sheep's clothing. They were coming to them only to gain them as followers so that they may separate them and create their own sect so that they would worship the Judaizers. Despite all that, Paul tells them it's still a good thing when people are following you because you're following Christ. So he knew that to observe all the law would be to say that Jesus' sacrifice wasn't sufficient enough for us. He knew that because he was free in Jesus, that he wanted the Galatians to experience the same freedom, but he wanted them to be consistent with it like him. That brings us to point number four. Experience matters 
because it leads us to freedom in Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. It didn't say whosoever offers up the most animal sacrifice. It didn't say whosoever follows all these legalistic rules and regulations. It didn't say whosoever has a squeaky clean resume. It says whosoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. But in order to believe in him, we have to have an experiential, experiential relationship with him. I want you to picture a bridge between two mountains. It's a steep fall off. Now, this bridge is old and looks dangerous. It's a scary trek to the other side. And there's two men standing by the bridge. The first man can tell you everything about the bridge. He can tell you every crack in there. He can tell you where things might get dangerous. He can tell you where the rope is thin. And then the other man, he's actually walked across the bridge. He's actually put his faith in the bridge. He's actually trusted the bridge. He's gained experience going over that bridge. That bridge is Jesus. Who do we want to be? Do we want to be the man who can tell you everything about the bridge? Or the person who has actually gained experience through going across the bridge, through trusting the bridge? I want to issue a challenge to you today. I want you to... I want each and every one of you here today to develop that faith in Jesus develop that love in Jesus, to develop that experience with Jesus. Why? Because experience matters. Please bow your heads in prayer. Father God, we just like to thank you. We'd like to thank you for choosing us, Lord. We'd like to thank you for sending Jesus down so that we don't have to follow all these rules and regulations, so we don't have to have a squeaky clean, clean resume, Lord. We thank you for your love, God. We also want to gain experience with you, Lord. We ask that you walk with us on a daily basis and that we may build our relationship with you, Lord, because we know experience matters. We ask these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.